So. I completely forgot what we're doing. Um, hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we fought through some microphone issues. Yeah, we fixed it. Uh, yeah, it's been two weeks. Two weeks. It has been two weeks. I, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. To be honest, I what? would really like for us to stick to like a weekly cadence. Okay. But then, just the reality of our lives make it pretty hard to actually do that because you had some weekend plans, I had some weekend plans, so that didn't work. Then I didn't have time in the evenings last week. So there was just no good opportunity to record with the time difference that we have between us. That's probably one of the main issues as well, though, the time difference. Yeah. And while I would really like to kind of stick to like a regular yeah, cadence and maybe even like a regular time slot where we can record, I also wouldn't know where we can actually put that in the week so that it's relatively safe for yeah changes yeah more right yeah right now we're just winging it yeah we're, uh just checking the free schedule slots where they kind of sync and if not we try doing the weekends weekends is a little bit tough for me to be honest but this works out you're home now yeah what have you been up to it has been so it's crazy how fast time flies by um, it has been very interesting two weeks. Unlike the more personal side, I bought my first car. Oh, you did? I did. I'm Sweet. A... You, last time I heard you had made an offer to some person. Yeah, exactly. So two weeks ago, we spent um, a good chunk of our Saturday going to a yeah, local dealership and checking out a car. And took it for a test drive. And then smart people as we are said, hey, we'll, um, was nice seeing it, but let's sleep on it for a night and we'll call you more or less when you open again. So we had a few days to kind of think about it and in the end decided that it was kind of an yeah, interesting car. Price was in our price range, so we decided to yeah make an offer on the car. And then we went there last weekend to essentially sign a contract and get the necessary papers to register it on my name, mm -hmm. which sadly I had to do like the manual way to go to the um, government agency that does all the car stuff. Yeah. And that is what I did today. So formally it's now my car. And tomorrow we will go there and pick it up. Oh, tomorrow you're picking it up? Sweet. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Um, pretty good. So it has been a very interesting experience, um, has triggered a lot of like my anxieties, especially like, um, checking out the car because there were like so many, um, different ways to catastrophize or yeah, just make myself feel a little bit insecure. So since we don't own a car, of course, for example, I have not driven a car that much. And I would say right. I'm a pretty good driver, but there's just like practice and um, experience that I'm missing a little bit. So when we went there, I was like, oh shit, like will I completely embarrass myself when going for a test drive, for example? <laughs> will I be able to like get the car out of the parking spot, essentially? Um, these kinds of like fears running through my head. And um, then, yeah, since it's a used car, of course, how well was it maintained? Did the owner, the previous owner sell it? Because there's something like fundamentally wrong with it. And we will only figure this out in like four months. Yeah. When it's too late to do anything about it. Like these kind of things. But then on the other hand, it's also super exciting. Um, we already have two or three use cases where it's actually making a huge difference already. Where... We can visit family and friends just with so much more flexibility than before. That That's already pretty cool to see. How many hours of a drive is it to your kind of hometown or where your friends and family is in Germany? I'd say four to five hours, depending on how many stops you take on the lo like along the way and how smooth traffic is. That's not bad at all, though, compared no, to over here. Good. And that's like, yeah. Um, but then still, it's 
so what for us is really nice is that we're now getting into like the colder season so motorcycles are completely out of the question i drove today at three degrees celsius and it's just freaking cold yeah and for these long long drives it's also not enjoyable to take the motorcycles um my girlfriend and i we did this a few times but essentially you're just driving behind each other you cannot really do anything with the time like you can't really talk with each other because um, just wind noises are so loud Mm, we do have intercoms in our helmets to be able to chat but then yeah at 130 on the highway it's just you don't hear each other anyway Mm. and then just from it's just physically more demanding so driving the motorcycle for like four hours on the highway is just it doesn't make any it's not fun it's just straight Mm. it's actually like intense physically and yeah you can't really do some like it doesn't feel like time that you spend together no it's not enjoyable like yeah car trips can be really enjoyable but now i hadn't considered that aspect of traveling with somebody on motorcycles separately yeah so even if, even if you're together it's probably hard right even if she uh hops in the back for yeah. example yeah it's a little bit better but it's still um very like solitary experience for better yeah. or worse like in a way it's pretty cool because it's really like you and the machine and um, nature, essentially. That's what's so great about motorcycling is that you're really like in the moment, you're outdoors, you really feel the air, you have all the smells, uh, yeah. you feel the sun in the summer. It's just, it's a really nice experience. But yeah, especially like on highways, it's just not that that much fun. So this is where the car really comes in handy and is a huge upgrade for us. Um, and then... We also bought it with the idea in mind that since I'm traveling a lot for work, it would be nice to do more things together on the weekend and especially towards like spring and summer, uh, maybe actually like try camping or uh, do more stuff outdoors where it's nice to have a car that you can throw bicycles in or put a canoe on top of and just drive somewhere, get more um, yeah into nature and do more things outdoors. So we'll see how that goes in like half a year when it's not freezing again yeah it's a little bit crazy how it's different aspects from europe to here in the u.s over here it's like such a must to own a car it is you can't make you, you can't make do or you can't do anything without a car over here instead over there i was for four or five years never never uh, found a use case where I was actually needing a car, to be completely honest. No, it's Insta- pure luxury. Uh, yeah, yeah, it seriously is. You honestly don't need it. Over here, you absolutely need it. Unless you live in, like, the city city of New York, for example. Then then you, you don't. But the only use case where I was wishing I had a car over there was to do those awesome road trips because you can go from country to country yeah. fairly quickly. That's, That's about it. No, exactly. There's for us, it's it's really a luxury item. Also, financially, it's definitely, definitely expensive to own a car here, especially in the Netherlands. Like compared to Germany, where cars are an essential part of German culture, um, they're so much <laughs> cheaper than in the Netherlands. Uh, I think the tax is like literally four times what I would pay in Germany. That's insane. So. Um, it's an experiment for us and we'll have to see how it turns out. Um, yeah. if it, if we notice that we don't like going outdoors and we don't actually use the car, then it's probably, um, yeah, we'll probably sell it or yeah. A friend of ours already mentioned that he can always use the engine. So if the worst happens, <laughs> then I'll just give him the engine and be done with that's, it. That's funny. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, that was like it was super exciting and interesting experience altogether. Because yeah, who buys cars regularly? So it's just was pretty pretty fun. And yeah, then at work, it's interesting to work with like or like on a completely different scale than what we did before. So in our previous job, the projects that we had building like web like yeah smallish web applications. Mm-hmm. It's just. Yeah, it's completely different now. So we, the project that we worked on last, where we built like a little bit of like processing pipeline for one of the customers to process, yeah, data sheets essentially. 
Mm-hmm. That's still like it already felt pretty um, complex and pretty powerful what we did there. And now yeah. I spend like two weeks learning about distributed computing or like distributed compute engines and how you okay. can, yeah, span your computations across clusters of yeah, thousands of machines if necessary. How are you learning that? So we are using Spark at work, um, the Apache framework. Mm-hmm. So I've been starting to dive into that and read a few books on it and a few, yeah resources essentially to kind of get up to speed with with spark and see how that all works oh so the resources that you're reading are about sparks yeah in this case specifically about spark okay okay because uh, i jumped into elixir this week oh nice and I've been looking, yeah and i've been looking into uh distributed systems as well to just learn more uh about it so that's pretty funny that you're saying this. yeah yeah that's a nice coincidence because that's mainly what I was looking. I'm not looking to learn Elixir for this reason, but I just started looking a little bit because I really want to learn it just to have it because uh, I think it's really nice. And I think some of the stuff and what is built on top of is just unbeatable, to be honest. But uh, I just out of curiosity, I started checking out the scene jobs in Elixir and stuff. Mm. And uh, for example, one that came to mind was I remember an article that was saying how they were able to scale to millions of users, this being Discord. Yeah. Discord app. So I started looking at the jobs in Discord and the one that actually has as requirement Elixir, meaning that you'll be working with Elixir, uh, are about like distributed uh, and yeah. scalability. Yeah. Discord has really interesting, like a few really interesting articles about how they scaled their stack. Amazing, to like amazing. I woke up today size. to an yeah. I woke up today to an article. I didn't know that their um, mobile app is built on React Native. Like they adopted oh. it fairly, fairly early. And this whole article is just about how they improved the performance of their uh, to pretty much almost native speed. To React Native and saying all of the little things that they took into account and what they changed and what they're using. They checked out this library. Like it was really well written. They're like, we checked oh, damn, this library out cool. first. Yeah. It's like, we checked this. For example, they went in, uh, had problems with lists because that's one of the main problems. Yeah. Uh, in performance. So they're like, we checked out this library that it's, uh, React Native, like, uh, fast, uh, list view or something like that. We check this out, but uh, the improve the improvement of the thing improved by like forty milliseconds. But we still needed more, so we checked out this other one that's like recycle this view, and like it was uh, amazing. But uh, like it was missing this one thing, so we created our own based on it, and we're gonna open source it soon and stuff. But the whole article is just amazing on how they improved their performance on the on React Native. Like they they really have some. They give me a uh, thought bot feeling, mm. engineers. Yeah. One of the so it's a little bit like maybe diverging a little bit from the discussion, but I've been really, I really want to kind of work on something on the side a little bit. That's mm-hmm. still kind of one thing that I'm searching for a little bit is like a good side project to just do on my own when I have some time and just to explore different technologies or just work with a tech stack that I really like because of course I'm kind of locked into a certain yeah text text at work and maybe it would be nice to just explore what we discussed elixir or rust or any of these kind of things right and one of the so that's that's the one side i really want to kind of have a nice thing to build on the other hand there are like so many small things that frustrate me when i'm online and i'm like i would really like to just build something that solves like this particular problem in a way that just doesn't suck yeah and the problem that I kind of notice a little bit, or I don't want to say I came to the realization, but I'm really better at like the whole backend kind of stuff. And on one hand, I would really like to dive more into the front end things. Mm-hmm. But then that's also not the tech that I would really like to work with or that's super efficient to do. And I'm not sure yet how to bridge that gap whether or not I want to just find a project that doesn't require, for example, like a lot of like web technology and just is a nice CLI that I write for myself 
or if I would like to find someone who is really good at front end and we just split the work or. Yeah, I think that, yeah, they're, they're, they're tricky situations because on the one hand, I would advise to look for somebody, but the thing is that you might not share the same ideas, but you yeah. might, right? Yeah. For example, you could be very passionate about a certain application, but he doesn't find it that appealing. So it's not the same excitement, but it could be, it could be. And then on the other hand, if you dive into it, you just might be completely miserable. Like I have this one colleague at work who is just really good at running. He dives into it and, everything. and I'm like, that is not what I want to, like, I have no problem with uh, front end on its basic form and even some complicated things, right? But not not animations and... <laughs> it's uh, funny how we always come back to animation. <laughs> it just makes me want to cry every time. I think I have like PTSD for it. You know? <laughs> but I don't want to do that. So I've also realized that I'm more of a uh, backend engineer. That I find it more enjoyable, at least. Yeah. I find it more rewarding. There we go. I'm not sure. I could actually imagine that, like, front end is actually pretty fun to do. It is. But it is fun. But uh, it's fun in different ways, I guess. It's fun in different ways. I don't know. Like, what brings me joy is uh, business logic and data parsing and all this but isn't thing, more and like, more of that actually moving into the front end yeah it is exactly and that's what i enjoy about what i do is mm, okay, when, okay. I get to, when, when i when i get to work on that part of it because yeah. like that's yeah that, that's something that i actually thought about a little bit is trying to build something for example more of like a serverless backend approach to just say from the beginning we just I pick something that is mainly based around front end and then there's like maybe a simple, uh, you have like interesting projects around, for example, like GraphQL or just Firebase or whatever, where more or less the backend is just auto-generated code based on the schema that you provide. That's for simple apps though, right? Yeah, but... Because for, for complex apps, you can't do that. No, but then for a side project, I also don't really want to tackle a complex app. That's absolutely correct, yeah. And they're like, so particular or specific example i wanted to for the motorcycles i track my gas mileage pretty yeah religiously so every time i'm at a gas station i open an app on my phone fill in the information like how much did i pay how much did i actually put in it calculates my average consumption and i've done this for years now for all of my motorcycles i was like hey cool i want to do this for the car as well but then my girlfriend also drives a car so it would be really nice to, for example, have an account that we share. And so A, I didn't find any app that actually allows you to share cars between accounts to say we're both drivers of the car and the other person's also allowed to more or less update. That's weird. Updated. So I was like, hey, okay, I'll just sign up for one and we just share the account. That's also fine. It's, yeah, why would it matter? And then I was like, okay, let me try a few apps out because the one that I use has a pretty like old school interface. It's just, it looks horrendous. Then I, there's like one from America that's pretty popular that also feels a little bit clunky. Like the interface is pretty loaded. And then all of these apps have adver uh, advertisement in them. And it just, I... I just want to avoid Google as much as possible and just having tracking in like every app that I use through their ad network is just annoying. Yeah, I'm over that. So too. I was like, hey, why is there not an app that doesn't have, A, it doesn't have advertisement in it. But then B, I signed up, tried to sign up for an app and in the sign up form, it asks you for your gender. And I'm like, why? You're tracking my gas mileage of the car. Why do you need the gender of the user? Like, uh, yeah, it's because of data, right? Yeah, but not data that actually helps me with what I want to achieve with the app. No, it's probably data that helps them, though. Kind of like who, like how many drivers are males, or I don't know. So my but, my assumption would be that it might help them to place more targeted ads. Oh, like it's the only reason that I can see why you would collect. That would make sense the gender in an app that tracks this stuff. 
Because I have, as a user, I have no benefit of the, yeah, them ha knowing my gender, essentially. It could be interesting for their, like, statistics, but the app doesn't actually offer any. Like, it's, it's just a mobile app that tracks your consumption. They don't actually have public uh, records that you could browse, as far as I know. Yeah. So I honestly don't know what they do with this information, but seeing kind of how uh, yeah invasive ad networks currently are and all the discussions that we have around privacy and tracking and these kinds of things, I was like, hey, it would be nice if all of these apps wouldn't just ask you for all this information that is completely irrelevant to the use case that you're trying to solve. And that's where I'm like, yeah. hey, I'll just build my own. <laughs> Okay, I see what you mean. <laughs> I'll build one that doesn't actually require you to fill in like any personal information because who yeah, cares essentially when I was born? Like it doesn't why would you need that information for this use case? Yeah. Actually, the more I think about it, the more I like the ideas behind GDPR. To say that you actually oh, yeah. have to be specific about like what data you collect and then also why. And if there's no strong case for it to maybe not do it. It's such a must. That is such a must. I want that to be done over here as well, because it is truly a fuck fest over here. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I find that I, as a user, have become more aware of this the more or the longer GDPR exists. So that I noticed these things now in forms. Like, I guess before GDPR, I would have never thought about the information i provide in the form in a way like it would have been yeah. okay this why do you need this but i have no issue with this but after implementing gdpr yeah myself for a few apps and actually going through kind of all these specification steps and these kind of things i'm like yeah maybe i actually don't want to provide random information about myself anymore and sign up forms yeah. that has become like a determining factor for the apps that i sign up yeah. And my dream would still be to like, yeah, build nice, small, simple apps that actually are just pleasant to use that don't have ad networks in them and Yeah, the pro I mean, yeah, I guess you have to put you yeah, you need to be very creative of how you're gonna maintain those things though. Yeah, that's the question. That still that still comes out of your pocket. So all these apps that we're being mad at, they need to run their servers with some type of money yeah but then so for example one of them switched to a subscription model recently after they took some vc funding and i'm not actually sure why they did that because it's such a niche app for example that there's like doesn't feel like there's a huge market to conquer for example for the subscription model yeah generally speaking for the app like why they um decided to go down like the VC funded route to kind of build out the app. I think before Nah, you never know. They maybe have some different types of idea for the future. That is for true. Other features. Um, that is true, of course. But since then the app has also not seen as much development, like not nearly as much development as you would think for a company that took VC money. Yeah. So I'll be scared just, to take VC money actually. It's like one it. of those it's it's a small app that has like a very specific use case and it's never an app that can capture attention or like engagement or any of these things that you would think are relevant for like vc funding so i'm not sure what the end game is here because it's just it's a utility yeah it doesn't matter in any way i'm getting increasingly pissed by like these small apps that i just want them to do like a particular job without trying to invade my privacy or send me push notifications all the time or try to get me to open the app four times per day. Yeah, I think that will never happen because they need to make money somehow. I mean, I understand them, but it does piss me off yeah. as well. But I just don't use them or I deal with it. Uh, yeah, because for example, he over here, I know that it doesn't exist over there because I tried, but over here now I have Hulu. Yeah. Oh yeah, they we have, have that here. They have a very interesting uh, like subscription model. So you get it way cheap. Well, not way, right? But you get it cheaper than Netflix, for example, mm. if, uh, if you accept ads. 
Oh, but that just drives me mad so much. Like, if I pay <laughs> for a service, I definitely don't want to see any ads. But you can. You can. Yeah. You just got to bump those numbers up. <laughs> but I just, oh, dude, like, I actually canceled a subscription service uh, recently because in the paid app, they still may, like, had advertisement. Well, that's just... Yeah, that's just a huge dick move. Though. Yeah, I was like, I'm that not company paying will, you. I don't know which company that is, but I hope it crash and burns. No, it's too big to fail, horrible. essentially. But I don't pay that's... eight euros per month to then also see advertisement in your app. Like, no, just no. Unless they have like another price where they completely take everything out. No, it's just flat fee. Like you can't. They don't have different tiers or so. Well, then that's just stupid. Yeah. No, but over here you have, I think, I think is like $4.99 per month, mm. but you get ads. Or you can get for eleven ninety nine without ads. Oh, that is a huge jump. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, interesting, though. I mean, but yeah, I mean, that's very interesting. I think that's very nice. But uh, do you watch like $7 worth, uh, worth of ads? each month i probably do man i don't know huh. i don't know i have no idea but i they had to calculate some type of hour i mean yeah it would be, be interesting to know how, how they came, how they up. came up with the numbers yeah. yeah yeah but i mean that's what they did and it's it's i'm okay with it because i mean i don't have i don't watch it on the tv i watch it on my computer yeah so i'll be i'll be watching it and if it jumps into commercials it's the same thing as when I was a kid. Like, you get to go and grab something. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't actually watch the commercial. You just have it run. Yeah, exactly. Or you check your email or do something while well, it's it's going. I don't know. Some 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 little habits like that. Yeah. But I definitely don't watch that crap. But obviously, my subconscious is probably watching it. Yeah. Right? So, and hearing it. But. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I'm... I don't know for what reason, but like over the last few weeks, I've just become increasingly annoyed by advertisement online, by all these services that try to capture or like, yeah, capture your too, uh, attention too. and measure their success and engagement. And I'm, I feel like we need a different, yeah, different business model and in the internet to actually enjoy it. Because it's it's just, a matter of time and creativity, I think, because it's got to be out there. It's impossible that we just absolutely exhausted all types of ideas for making revenue in the company yeah. other than freaking ads, you know, and then subscription models. Like subscription models is actually a fairly new concept Yeah, I'm, if you really think about it. So there's got to be something else beyond that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. An alternative, but yeah. yeah. Thinking hats. But, you got to put your thinking hats on. It would definitely like, Silicon it Valley. Would would definitely be nice for like a side project or so to work on something like small that just does one thing well and does it with like the least amount of invasion possible. And there are a few like interesting apps that I think would not be too complicated to build, but yeah. Maybe I do need to just learn like front end skills and feel comfortable with React to just build or like quickly prototype stuff. I think it's a matter of just having a good eye, to be honest, because you can, I mean, I've seen some very fancy websites out there that I'm just like, so unnecessary, <laughs> so unnecessary. So I, for example, have you seen the, uh, the Apple, uh, like scroll story thingy? No, I haven't. Yeah. So you get into, I think I saw this for the air probe. The uh, uh, AirPod Pro. Yeah. That you just start scrolling down and they show you everything and like little videos. As you scroll, you start seeing the story of it and the features of mm. it and everything. And that's just like, it's not necessary. What you need is just a clean UI. Yeah. But to do that is very hard. So your front end skills don't have to be perfect. You just have to have a good eye. To yeah. Because you can even do all of this with server side rendering. But as long as it looks good and you have a good UI and UX, then then it's perfectly fine. But to get to that, it's, it's hard. That's really where the skill is and where the value is, rather than just being a good front-ender that can, you, can make uh, something pop out the screen or just... No, it's not so much about that. But then for me, the interesting question 
so why I think about like the front end skills is the question of how should I phrase it? So we had this discussion a little bit about like more and more logic being pushed into the front end and mm -hmm. the frameworks have really adapted to that in a way. And on the other hand, it has become really, really easy to just, yeah, essentially mock backend services with, yeah, either services like Firebase or really like lightweight yeah. frameworks built on top of AWS Lambda and DynamoDB or so. Like you can just fake or not fake, but you can just build really, really simple backends really easily with like the services that are now out there. And oh, then yeah. if you would more or less focus on the logic in the front end, I have the gut feeling that it is faster to iterate on like these small apps where the goal is to have like nice interaction and like a nice user experience. And most of the things that I'm thinking about are mainly around kind of data collection in a way. So I want mm. an app to track my gas mileage in the car. So I just need forms that kind of work well, look nice, have fancy sliders or whatever. There's like the, the other thing was like the habit tracking. And then for all of them, it would be nice if they have some fancy graphs that you can like just to give you some analysis of what's happening. Yeah, and for the okay. forms, I would say, hey, this is just like forms is just plain old basic rails. Like that's just super easy to do there. But then especially for like interactive graphs and these kinds of things, I'm like, maybe it's easier to just, yeah. Wouldn't it maybe be easier to just use Firebase with React or so to build something that's also like mobile friendly and. If you were to do very basic things, I would, and it's only for you, then I would go that route because it's the easier route. And especially for mobile apps, Firebase have put a lot of time to making it super easy to uh, consume the, their API. Yeah. Not um, so I, I would go that route if that was the case. But other than that, I would never be locked into that. They just lock you yeah. on that system and it's hard to get out. I wouldn't use it for serious apps or apps that I was remotely uh, hoping that it it, it get, become, like gets traction and actually becomes usable for a lot of people. I would build that something on my own if that was the case. Yeah, but then you do have the issue that you have to pay a few bucks to run a server or so. Well, it's going to be way less than Firebase. Yeah, if you... Yeah, not fair if it's through yourself, though. I mean, if you're not a DevOps, right, and you you don't know... Well, I'm not saying I am, but I'm saying yeah. if if you don't know what you're doing either and you just put it on Heroku, then it's probably the same thing. Hey, Heroku is just the best. It's so convenient. Yeah. So freaking convenient. Yeah, it's an interesting, like, I haven't made up my mind, and I think there are, like, really good arguments for, like, both directions, um, especially since most of these things are designed around, like, very simple, like, yeah, data gathering, essentially. Having, for example, just a Rails app is, I think, also a reasonable choice. Being able to not build out a backend and just rely on um, more or less backend as a service it's also interesting especially with like authentication being taken care of and these kinds of things so i think they're like really good arguments for like both both approaches and i have not yet made up my mind which one i want to pursue but hey like, i think there really isn't any uh a lot of arguments for one or the other if it's just for yourself yeah oh actually i had an interest no oh, yeah no, I have too many ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and so little time. Yeah. I know. What have you been up to the last um, two weeks? Did anything interesting happen? No, I just still, I've been still battling with the work-life balance, mm. to be Did honest. you try to work less? I have. I also have tried not to worry so when it comes to the weekends for example i'm already thinking about all the stuff that i need to do mm -hmm. or stuff or for example if i don't finish something i'm like crap i need to finish it so then i'm thinking about that the whole time yeah and then usually what i would have done 
in the past would be to just be way too worried about it to leave it for Monday. So I would start and do it on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. But that constant worry is actually what freaking was killing me. Yeah. So I've, I still from time to time pops into my head, but I've become kind of good at pushing those thoughts away and just saying, screw it, taking a careless attitude in the most positive sense mm. of the word. Uh, so I've just taken that careless attitude it has been helping me a lot. So I'm like, all right, I really need to wake up way earlier than I should to start on that. Screw it. My eight hours of sleep is way more important. If I get it done, good. If not, I'm whatever. Yeah. I don't care. I'm not going to be balanced at this anymore. Uh, so I've been taking that approach and it's been working fine. I feel a lot better. Still battling from time to time. Obviously, it pops into my head and it affects multiple things, even time with the girlfriend. So... I'm still uh, still battling through that, but it's getting a lot better. Uh, it's getting a lot better. And I've actually, like I said, actually started diving into Elixir where I'm like, I should be working on this yeah. other thing. Screw it, right? Yeah. I'm just going to uh, learn. Obviously, I'm not taking time away from, from work whatsoever, but like work that I would be doing prior to work would also be just work. So I'm not doing that anymore, for sure. I wanted to dedicate it to my own time. Yeah. So I've been doing that. And it's been going amazing. I'm so excited about Elixir. I forgot how awesome it was. Yeah, I'm enjoying my time a lot. I yeah, can't wait to, to actually start. Yeah, I can't wait to actually start uh, learning a lot more. It's very frustrating because you want to cram everything up and you want to learn things by yesterday. Oh, yeah. And and learn them well, too. Knowing me, you know, I don't want to just learn it. I want to learn it well, but I want to learn it by yesterday, you know? Yeah. But it's not just that's that's not how uh, it's not how life works. So it's got to be just little by little. It's just like playing the guitar. Like we said before, you know, you can't just play the guitar and be completely fluent in a week. No, sadly, that takes time. Or not sadly, so like I, I think the. Uh, the right way to look at this is to kind of find enjoyment in the process. Definitely. And take little things little by little. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to do. And it's been going really good. I just find little wins here and there that actually make everything so worth it. Even the weight mm. and the process. So I'm enjoying it, man. It's just There's just so much to learn, especially going into Elixir, you know, because uh, I don't. I don't just like learning the actual language and syntax and all that. I also want to dive into the beam. Mm. I want to dive into uh, distributed systems like you've talked about. I want to dive into more concurrency and all of these concepts yeah. uh, on a deeper level. So I want to learn all of that. So if I start dwelling on it right now, I'll just cry. But uh, just take it little by little. But I do want to get all of that down and actually become super fluent. And I think it will be very valuable. And I think I'll learn a lot too. Even if I don't use Elixir on my job, I think having a different paradigm in your head will make me a better programmer. At least that's what I've, you know. Yeah, I know, definitely. That's what I believe. Yeah, and I've read as well from many um, other articles. No, I would definitely, definitely, um, yeah, say that. But it's just, it is amazing. I mean, I saw, I mean, the thing that actually was, that drew me into it again, I always liked it, but what made me say, I want to learn it, I'm just going to do it right now, is I saw this one little mini documentary about the author, Jose Valim. There's, he just starts talking about his, because it, it is like you've said before, like we've had these talks about what actually solves your problem. Don't just learn something to learn it. I mean, if you, if you have the time, you know, yeah. power to you. And I, I'm actually a very, a little bit jealous, but, uh, don't just jump into it. But actually he, what, what he, the reason why he created was because he was ran across all these problems that he wasn't able to fix with Ruby. Yeah. Or at least not as efficient or how he would like it. So he started exploring other, uh, other, uh, he started exploring other languages and everything and nothing satisfied because everything that he was doing, I guess, revolved around all of this concept that Erlang and, you know, the the Erlang VM has already solved with perfection. Yeah. 
And this just astonishes me, to be honest. I cannot wrap my head around how a few individuals have this ridiculous mind to build something this amazing. Seen from a broader scope, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I am so jealous. I want that mind. Like, uh, it's, it's crazy how people came up with this stuff where it has like 0.001% downtime in a whole year. And, and like, oh, it's just crazy. It's crazy to me that people can actually come up with these kinds of software and have these minds. Yeah, it would be interesting to learn more about yeah, specifically like the Beam VM. That's yeah. just, yeah. I always was intrigued by Erlang, but the syntax of Erlang itself is just madness. It's not that bad, actually, to be honest. I always, I've always just, I repeated that same phrase because I've heard it as well. And I looked at it and it's, it's, it's quite disgusting, but it's not that bad. No, that's true. Either. But compared with what Elixir, for example, offers now, it's just oh, worlds apart. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that if you're not into like deep into the metal, I don't see why you yeah. would want to go for Erlang rather than Elixir. What I still find difficult a little bit is that they're like all these super interesting concepts. So for you said as well with like distributed systems and um for example like yeah, Spark is is just really really nice um or interesting to learn about. But then these are things that I find insanely hard to find, like, good, don't even want to say use cases for, but just um, playgrounds where you could actually, yeah, try them out or build something that is distributed, for example, or that, yeah, makes use of these things that, that we want to learn. Yeah. And part of me is like, hey, we just need more ambitious projects. And part of me is like, yeah. <laughs> We can't even get the small ones done. <laughs> Maybe let's yeah. not try to build, yeah, a telco provider by <laughs> ourselves just for fun. I was I was thinking the same thing today, the exact same thing. Uh, I'm trying to uh, just do little little tiny things, like little embarrassing things in Elixir, like I'm doing a hangman game yeah. right now. And I'm just thinking, like, even if, you know, it's like, I sometimes even procrastinate around that. Uh, imagine if it's an actual complex project. I'm just going to, like, cr crawl into a bowl and, and watch Netflix. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. It's a tension that I don't really have an answer for. Nah. Because on one hand, not. of course, it would be nice to pick something, like, really challenging and try to work, like, all of these different yeah areas that you could then explore like for example like a little bit more like devops time of things setting up these infrastructures or um yeah having really interesting uh use cases for yeah, distributed systems but yeah do yeah, you actually I'll... want to like yeah <laughs> on the other hand like then, then i think okay but I could also write like seven small apps with React and then I have to maintain seven small apps that's also work. Like, yeah, don't yeah, know it. That's true. But I, I'm just trying to figure these little things out. And I, there are so many concepts out there that I'm very curious about as yeah. well that I just want to dive into. And I think, like I was saying before, don't just do things just to do them, you know? I'm actually there. <laughs> I'm doing things just to do them. But, uh, but what my belief is, or at least what I'm hoping to get out of this is once I actually learn all of this, it would open up my mind a little bit more into different ideas, yeah. into more creative thoughts, into uh, um, and open up possibilities of ideas as well. Things that I've never thought about before or never considered before because I didn't know how to yeah. or because I just didn't know it existed, you know, or it worked that way. I didn't know it worked that way. So that's a very good that's point. That's what I... Uh, so that's that's why I'm learning all of this and I will continue to learn it. I don't have a specific problem that I couldn't solve with something else. The reason why I'm jumping into this is because one, I find it very interesting to have a different paradigm in my mind. And then apart from that, I think that it will open up the doors to many other things, uh, such as creative ideas and ways of solving problems that I hadn't thought of before. No, that's very, because very I know good concepts. Yeah. The other thing that... I was also thinking is, for example, now with the 
as like a very concrete example for example like with like uh, us trying to or wanting to explore camping a little bit or just looking for new hobbies in general that's also something that i think is super interesting to open up yeah this creativity and maybe explore other fields and see what mm. fun little side projects you could do, do there because when yeah for us for example like we're always around developers we write code the whole day so we're kind of artificially constrained to like this world of software development for like all the problems that we encounter but if we were to yes try to learn the guitar you might run into like really interesting applications for or that uh, different problems that would be interesting to solve that you just can't come up with if you don't actually try it yourself once and be part of that for example like a certain community or uh, try to practice a certain hobby or any of these things that's so true that's the other aspect of it that's absolutely i hadn't thought of that yeah that's absolutely correct and i've i remember i ran across this one like a question one time and it's like what's the what do the best developers do outside do they code or whatever yeah that that was the question it was like, do do the best developers you know also code when they're at home or out of work yeah and one of the the best response was saying that the best developers and the most elite developers that he he's ever uh come across in companies um code outside of work yes but also do a lot of other creative mm. Uh, hobbies yeah. outside of work so That's... i think that that just opens up your mind because you're still you know you're you're exercise because i think i actually think creativity is also like a muscle no you know? 100 um, metaphorically yeah exactly so it's just exercising it and and finding different like finding your creative moments and, and especially like in other disciplines you also learn it. different um approaches to problems that you can then apply in your work or in your yeah career as well so i think that's also yeah um yeah super important aspect that you just learn like these different strategies how to solve problems or how to yeah unlock your creativity yeah and i mean there's been so many uh stories about this from actually historically you know yeah. Like while doing something else, like this one person discovered this or like thought about this and, and it's just, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, I also have to find myself other creative hobbies. Like we were talking about previous episodes. Is there... Still haven't come across anything. <coughs> oh, damn. To be honest. I just wanted to try to set up some accountability, getting you to commit to something for the next week. Yeah, I think yeah. I'll, I'm actually I've been considering for two weeks to get a guitar. Oh, for real? Yeah, for like seriously, yeah. seriously. Yeah. So I've been considering for two weeks to get a guitar. I'm not sure how the budget is going right now with the wedding and everything, but I've been trying to. I would still that. guess that uh, like you could probably pick up a guitar pretty cheaply on ebay that's, or so that's true. like you don't need a new yeah, one true and then no that is true that's like a super safe way to just dip your toe into the water essentially try it out and then if you notice that it's something that you really want to commit more to then you can always upgrade but i'm like you though man if i'm gonna start something i need the best and i need it now. yeah i know that's kind of a <laughs> it's a curse it's a curse <laughs> oh my gosh it really yeah. is yeah. But yeah, I think it would. I'm gonna try that. Yeah, just check it out. Maybe there's uh, something you come across. You can also just reach out to your like social network. Um, my guess would be that one of the people you know has a guitar that they're not using, and they would be willing to part part away with it. Yeah, that's also true. And then you don't even need to buy from like a stranger on eBay, but it's just like fifty bucks to your friend to get a guitar yeah yeah i also don't can't think of many other like creative hobbies i also haven't done any research uh, i really want to get it. back to like uh drawings or like painting stuff huh that's also a good one that's a very good one so actually. one of my like dreams that i have for myself i really like fountain pens and mm -hmm. kind of writing with like actual ink is super nice and what I also yeah. really kind of enjoy is 
just drawing with a fountain pen because it's okay yeah really? it's super... i've never seen that actually only but only uh calligraphy. yeah so there are a few that do stuff like this or like it's similar to drawing with like a um what's called like a just like a normal like felt pen or so where you don't mm -hmm. so the what i like is that it's really basic like you more or less essentially have like black and white you can't really make shades with it so it's huh. a super like simple up. way to draw and that for me has always been nice because if like when you give me a pencil and i try to draw something i will immediately get frustrated because i can't get the shading right or like there's too much detail that you can do with like a fine pencil mm -hmm. and then like i set the bar just way too high for myself to actually do something <laughs> but it's the same reason i really like drawing with crayons to be honest because it's such a blunt tool that you have to like readjust your like level of perfectionism to match kind of the yeah simplicity or like how primitive the tool is and that works really well to just yeah. enjoy like for me it works really well to just enjoy drawing and just going somewhere and drawing like a super simple scene in like black and white because there's no way to add shades or to okay i'm seeing it right now i'm actually seeing a video that is freaking yeah. cool so that would be something that i would really like to pick up again for like the millionth time do it twice <laughs> then forget about it story of my yeah, life sadly it is <laughs> but yeah yeah should we wrap it here? Let's wrap it. And then uh, next time, let's uh, hear how the guitar and the drawing has come along. Or something else. I'm definitely going to explore it because I've been wanting to so bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, that could also be a first step. Like, I don't expect you to buy the guitar until next week, but give it some thought at <laughs> yeah, least. But, yeah, at least to come and be like, all right, I have research and I think I'm between this, this yeah. and this. I think that would be a more realistic. No, but it's already good enough think. because then you're making progress towards and it. That's that's the only goal. That's true. That's There's true. also Christmas coming right. up if you don't really know yet what you want to get from as a present. Ah, just making myself. That's very yeah, good. Yeah, or just very like very get your family to buy you a guitar. Like they should all just pool and then buy you one. <laughs> yeah, GoFundMe.com. Yeah. Yeah. True. You can also try GoFundMe, but you can also just tell your parents, <laughs> guys, this year, <laughs> I want... no socks, just yeah. get me a guitar. <laughs> it's the same price, yeah. <laughs> Depends on your socks, but yeah. <laughs> True. Cool, man. Yeah, but let's do that. It was that. really nice catching up. Let's um, try to schedule something for next week already that we make yeah, this, let's do make that. this we'll, a um, uh, we'll regular habit. Cool. Yeah. Take All care, right. man. <clears throat> nice talking to you, man. Yeah. Peace.